Family camping trips are often considered to be a time of fun and bonding. They are an opportunity for relatives to share helpful information, explore exciting places, and disconnect from the rest of the world. Now, when you're camping, there are plenty of things that can go wrong. Anytime you head out for a trip, you have no real way of knowing what lies ahead. Will you have fun and make lasting memories, or will you run into trouble with the weather, accidents, animal attacks, or something worse? My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the disappearance of Bobby Panknin, a four-year-old boy who went camping with his family and disappeared without a trace while they were out on a walk. The year was 1963 when the Panknin family headed out for a camping trip. It was August 3rd, which meant that they had plenty of warmth despite the fact that they were out in the wilderness, at least during the day. For this trip, the family decided to head out to Deep Lake Resort in Washington. This is a public beach and acted as a great fishing spot for a long while, but when I research it now, all I can see is people talking about the homes being built around it and lots of ads to buy property there. I know that it's a fairly common trope thanks to poltergeists for people to worry about what might secretly lie beneath their property. Scary movies love it, and I know that when I was growing up, kids also claimed that our town was haunted because it was on a burial ground from hundreds of years ago. But here is the proof that you never really know what could have happened in an area when you move into a new property development. Pictures of Deep Lake are really beautiful, despite the local rumors. The water looks nice, and it's surrounded by some pretty tall trees, too. Back in 1963, I get the feeling that the entire area looked pretty different and that there was likely more wilderness surrounding it. On the day that Bobby disappeared, he was walking with his mother and two brothers along a local road near a trail. It was a simple hike, one that wasn't particularly dangerous. And as they walked along, Bobby's second oldest brother, Bill, who was 10 at the time, thought that he heard something pretty exciting. A creek with a possible waterfall. I am also part Labrador when it comes to hearing water, so I absolutely relate to this, but in an instant... Bill darted off absolutely desperate to find the water. Their mother, Edna, went chasing after him, no doubt fearing that he might fall in or run into trouble. But before she left, she asked Jim, who was six, to keep an eye on Bobby. Growing up with a house full of brothers, this wasn't an unusual request. Each of the kids had been asked to watch over Bobby from time to time, especially for little moments like this. But Bill's enthusiasm seemed to be contagious. Jim wanted to see the water and find out what was out there, so he quickly went chasing after the two of them, leaving little Bobby to stand alone on the trail. At four... Bobby wasn't quite interested in the water and probably just wondered what everyone was going on about. He remained rooted to the spot as far as Jim could tell, and the family returned within a couple of short minutes. 
When they got back, little Bobby, who had been standing right there, was gone. The moment that Edna realized that her son was gone, she sprang into action. The family quickly began searching for Bobby, scouring the area, calling his name. Overall, they were gone for less than five minutes, so there's no way that Bobby, who I'm sure was still growing into his motor skills, would have been able to get that far. When they left, he was wearing a swim trunks, and he didn't even have shoes on. Without shoes, there was no way he would really wander off into the brush or get very far. But as they searched, they found nothing. At some point, his father Howard was informed and joined the search with their oldest son, Ted. The two of them had been fishing while the rest of the family enjoyed their walk, but their day of relaxation was cut short. Howard, who had recently returned from his final deployment as a master sergeant with the Air Force, set right to work, certain that he would find his son. They called the police, leading to one of the biggest searches that the area has ever seen to this day. Hundreds of people walked through the forest looking for any signs of the missing little boy, but still they found no real evidence. From what they could see, it didn't even look like he had continued to walk up the trail. Almost like he was there one minute and just disappeared from reality in the next. Honestly, it reminds me of a lot of the kind of scary stories that we tell kids to keep him out of the woods, like he was whisked away to some magical land by a forest spirit or something. And now that I say that, I would encourage anyone who hasn't to watch Spirited Away. That's not quite the premise, but it's a little close and the movie is really great. Now with no evidence to go on in this case, the theories began to pop up. Something happened to Bobby, and the lack of evidence made it anyone's guess, so guessing is exactly what people did. The most common theory with police in the area was that Bobby was picked up by an animal, likely something big like a bear or a cougar. While it makes sense that an animal might snatch up a kid that small, the theory just doesn't sit right with a lot of people, including the family. There weren't any animal tracks that might suggest an animal stopped by and snatched Bobby up. Unless we're talking about the giant eagle from the rescuers down under, it really doesn't make too much sense that Bobby would have disappeared and left nothing behind. A pretty big point of interest here is the actual logistics of an animal attack. Not only would there likely be signs of it, or tracks or something, but it's safe to assume that Bobby would have been terrified. I know four-year-olds that run from eight-pound dogs, much less facing a run-in with a bear. As far as cougars go, I've seen enough videos of those things killing something before it even knows that they're there to know not to question the theory. Also, I'm very afraid of those. But it, it still seems like 
there should have been some evidence of an attack or some kind of noise. Remember that Bobby's family just walked down to the creek, a creek that they could hear from the trail. If Bobby had called out or cried, they probably would have been able to hear him too. Now, I am not saying that it is impossible, but I do think that pairing this information with the fact that they never found any remains makes it feel a little bit less likely. The search party made their way back through the forest, so if a nearby animal had him, most think that they would have found some kind of sign of him. And then, of course, there's the chance that he ran into a human predator instead. Bobby's family seems to believe that he was abducted, and I have to agree that this does make a lot of sense. Police didn't find any evidence to support this, but I think it would be easier for a human being to soundlessly carry off Bobby. I couldn't find anything that said that Bobby wouldn't have gone with someone, which is something that I see a lot of parents say when their kids go missing. Since this happened in 1963, it would be at least a couple of decades before parents would be drilling the concept of stranger danger into the heads of their kids. So it seems fairly possible that someone could have found Bobby and snatched him up. I've explored enough true crime to know that there are people who abduct kids for different reasons, which is terrifying. For all we know, Bobby has been raised in secret by another family and has no idea who he is at all. But police didn't like this theory because it would have been such an extreme crime of opportunity. It would mean that a person who was willing to abduct Bobby would have had to stumble across him at exactly the right moment. And with such a short window, it does feel kind of unlikely. It would be really horrible timing and luck to make it happen. Some people believe that Bobby might have fallen in a hole somewhere or ended up tumbling down an incline to be covered with brush. In a last-ditch effort to find him, the police called in a bloodhound. But the dog seemed confused while it was looking for him, which is, again, just an unsettling concept. The dog walked to the end of the trail, a ways away, and then just circled back as if Bobby had been plucked from the trail completely. Now, this part of the story set me on edge a little bit because it kind of lines up with the Blair Witch game which I've been playing. In the game, you're looking for a kid that has been lost in the woods. Your character has this canine companion that you're using to track the kid, but... It's in the Blair Witch universe, so you can all probably assume how that plays out. I don't have that much exposure to horror games, but if you like that kind of thing and haven't tried this one out yet, definitely check it out. It has kept me on edge the entire game so far, and even graced me with a spectacularly terrible nightmare, so I feel like that's a pretty solid endorsement if that's your kind of thing. 
but moving on. Bobby's case has haunted his family since the day it happened, and we get kind of a rare recount with this one. Bobby's family was actually fairly open about the incident and what came of it. At least some of them were. According to his brothers, their parents kind of took it in silence. After the family left, the townsfolk in the area continued to search for Bobby, but their parents were pretty quick to turn over a new leaf. While it was clear that they were hurting, they really didn't talk about it often and didn't take the time to process it with the family. As his brothers got older, they were pretty quick to join the dialogue. Jim's recounts of his brother's disappearance were pretty difficult to read, and I'll link to the best article I found where they were interviewed. But Jim carries a lot of guilt from that day, which I think is pretty heartbreaking considering he was six years old when it happened. When asked, he was upset about how many people blamed his mom, which was even more upsetting to me because he obviously blames himself when in reality the family could have been mourning two lost kids instead of just one. The good news is that Jim used it to drive his career in a lot of ways. When he got old enough, Jim became a firefighter with the State Department of Natural Resources, a career choice which certainly lines up with the story of his loss. But it also offers him an opportunity to help others, which I think is pretty amazing, and I hope that's really healing for him. When interviewed, he mentioned the fact that he has always been a stickler for rules and directives. He still blames himself for not listening to his mom that day, and now he channels that into a space where he can do a lot of good with it. For a firefighter, following orders is important when it comes to keeping others alive, and he was very clear that he always follows orders. Bill and Ted also went into career paths where they could help, though they followed the footsteps of their dad a little bit. Bill joined the army before making a career change that landed him in Denver, out here with me. And Ted spent 12 years as an army officer before becoming a lieutenant colonel for the army reserves. Though their parents coped in one way, it seems pretty obvious that the brothers are coping in other ways completely. To this day, we don't know what happened to Bobby, but his family continues to speculate. They hope that he might have grown up with another family and has lived a happy life, even if it wasn't the one that they would have chosen for him. While I think that it is a beautiful sentiment, a lot of the articles had one quote from Jim that really shows the weight of how this kind of loss can impact a family. He said, I left my little brother. We may never know what truly happened to Bobby, but we can very clearly see how his loss impacted his family. And 
I think that's something we should always keep in mind with true crime. Sometimes, in focusing on the story and the victims, we forget how many lives have been changed because of those crimes. Family members are not just side characters in a tragedy. They are the ones that have to live with what happened after the story ends for everyone else. And I just really hope that everyone in the true crime fam remembers that. So, if you want to talk about true crime or your favorite horror games, don't hesitate to shoot me a message on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpot. For ad-free listening, don't forget to subscribe at patreon.com slash like and inscribe. And of course, if you think that my show is not a crime against true crime, make sure to leave a review too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>